Hello and welcome to Tea is Good, Books Are Better, the podcast where we drink tea and talk about books. I'm Raven. I'm Jess. And we are going to talk about The Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) We started talking about it a little bit and I was like, stop, (laughs) I'm going to start the recording. Disney Plus, because I heard The Mandalorian was very good. Uh huh. And then I watched it, and it was very good. <laughs> and that's all you said. <laughs> and you were saying something about memes. You memes? I only know of it from memes. The Baby Yoda memes because <laughs> it's everywhere. I <laughs> see. I haven't seen any memes. Have you not been on Reddit? No, not really. Oh shit! It's all over Reddit. Okay, um, let me try to find Reddit Baby Yoda. <laughs> I didn't even know, like, The Mandalorian or any of that stuff. I saw it was a new Star Wars movie coming out. Nah, dude. Nah. <laughs> Six-year-old me looking at all the presents under the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> With the Christmas trees and the little Yoda eyes. <laughs> oh, he's cute. He is so cute. Oh my god, just wait till you see him. This show is like, it feels so much like the original Star Wars uh, trilogy. Yeah, but it also feels a lot more like down to earth and gritty at the same time. Does it? Yeah, instead of being super like, space prophecies, blah blah blah. I just googled Baby Yoda memes and like there's so much, like it's so popular. He protect, he attack. But most importantly, he eat a frog for a snack. <laughs> you have to watch this. I most likely will, yeah. Man, when I... Seriously, every time Baby Yoda is on the screen, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> it looks really interesting. He's just so cute. Yeah. I need to... What was the budget for... Budget for first season of Mandalorian? Oh, fuck me. What? A hundred million. Um, for comparison, the first season of Game of Thrones cost about sixty million. So yeah, Disney is pulling out all the stops. All I know from it is like from a PewDiePie a meme review where he talks a little bit about it. All I know is is a bounty hunter with this baby. Okay, so you don't know what a Mandalorian is at all? No. Okay, do you remember Boba Fett? Yeah. Yes. Are you just saying that, or do you actually remember no, Boba Fett? No, he's the bounty hunter. Yes. Boba Fett is the bounty hunter from the original series. Mm-hmm. So he is a Mandalorian. So it's a type of... Uh, it's like a society. A society of people, or bounty hunters? Um, I think they are all ba- bounty hunters. What is a Mandalorian? <laughs> Let's just find out. <laughs> <laughs> a race of people from the planet Mandalore. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wasn't it Boba Fett's DNA that made all the clones? No, that was Jango Fett. Jango Fett. Boba Fett is one of the clones. Okay. The rest of them were the clone troopers. Because I'm trying to remember Clone Wars. 
Was it Clone Wars? Yes. Clone Boba Wars. Fett was the one who Jango Fett was raising. Oh. Oh, yeah. He picked up the head. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes. The Mandalorians. The group of white-armored super commandos. Are they all clones, Mandalorians? No. Okay. Um, the term Mandalorian is actually never used in the films. It's just the title? Or you mean no, in the in films the, okay, it's okay. never used, but in the Mandalorian show okay. it definitely is. The popularity of Boba Fett inspired an extensive number of works about Mandalorians in the Star Wars expanded universe. Recognized by their iconic armor, the Mandalorian people are characterized in the expanded universe as a multi-species warrior people who often work as mercenaries and bounty hunters. The Clone Wars television series reintroduced them to the franchise as a human people and introduced the new Mandalorians. Pacifists who wish to distance themselves from the... <laughs> Pacifists. <laughs> Fuck that garbage. <laughs> yeah, so a race of people. Mostly bounty hunters and mercenaries. And the guy who plays the Mandalorian in this series on Disney Plus is Pedro Pascal. He is the guy who plays Oberyn in Game of Thrones. Slash the Viper. Mmm. His name's Pedro? Pedro Pascal. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, love that he's Latino, but you never see his face. Because <laughs> Mandalorians, like, don't ever take their helmets off. Does he talk? He talks. And fuck, he sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird hearing him without the accent. He doesn't have an accent? Did he change his... He put on an accent for Game of Thrones. Oh, okay, okay. And then I think he's also in another show on Netflix where he also has an accent. Javier Peña in Narcos on Netflix. Oh, Narcos. Yeah, Eric really likes that show. Um, he also is in Kingsman, the second one. Hmm. He plays the guy with the whip. I haven't seen any of the Kingsmen. You haven't seen Kingsman? No. Bitch. <laughs> the second one is very meh, but the first one is great. Like, you have to watch the first one. I'll watch it with you. Oh. Yeah. And now he plays the Mandalorian. I don't think he even has a name in the show. He's just called the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, you have homework. Watch Kingsman and the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'll watch Kingsman with you. I'll promise the Mandalorian. <laughs> this is like the <laughs> giant advertisement for Disney Plus, apparently. <laughs> Some good shit, yo. Yeah. That bitterness at the end. <laughs> it's like chocolate. You like that, huh? <laughs> A whole Disney category where you can watch originals ah! like lady and the tramp you can watch old school animated stuff like little mermaid aladdin does it have the hunchback of notre dame um i don't think so no <laughs> oh it is <laughs> it is here Shit. oh my god and hercules. and hercules i love those oh those are mulan too i gotta watch them i like mm. these do you remember this one? The Three I Caballeros? <laughs> that was a good one. I barely remember it though. It looks familiar. Show Disney you. Channel stuff, like High School Musical. 
Oh my god. Old school Mickey Mouse. Oh my god. Steamboat. Oh my god. Love Fantasia. I loved that (laughs) movie. All the princess movies. Is it weird that I was not impressed with Frozen? Um. Did you watch it after all the hype came out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I can see why you wouldn't be impressed if you were expecting, like, amazing things. Mm-hmm. But I watched it and I very much enjoyed it. But it's not a perfect movie. Um, so yeah, that's, like, the Disney tab. National Geographic. National Geographic. There's a whole Star Wars section, Marvel, and Pixar. That's what it has so far? Yes. Ooh. And the Pixar, you can even watch, um, all the shorts. Oh, I saw a little bit of this one. Bow. And it was completely different from what I thought it was supposed to be. Oh. <laughs> oh Have sad. you watched the whole thing? Um, I saw it on React and people were reacting to it. So I basically got the whole, like, the whole premise of the story. Like, you know how it ends? Yeah. With her eating the dumpling? Yeah. <laughs> pretty funny. And then seeing, like, that it's actually her song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but there are a few of these shorts that I actually want to try. Oh, I bring that one for the birds. Yeah. Pixar 30 Years. This Luxo Jr. one, I think, is the one that inspired the Pixar logo. Oh. Yeah. With the lamp. I think I remember that one. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's the Pixar tab. What's kind of weird to me is that, like, they don't have all the Marvel movies. I know there's still some on Netflix, too. Yeah. And, like, they don't have all the Star Wars movies, either. Hmm. It's like, hello? <laughs> Where is everything? <laughs> Why did I get Disney Plus? <laughs> <laughs> not worth it, according to <laughs> <laughs> It's not that it's not worth it. It's worth it for The Mandalorian. Um, I still need to watch this one. Rogue One? You haven't seen Rogue One? I saw like half of it, I think. Also not a perfect movie. But it is... Oh, there's this... Ooh, there's this one scene. Sorry, I just got so excited. There's this one scene. Do you remember in A New Hope when Darth Vader busts into Leia's ship and, like, fucks everyone up and then kidnaps Leia? No, but okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's a scene in A New Hope like that, but it's, like, super, you know, kind of lame. You know, (laughs) they didn't have a very good choreography. (laughs) Yeah. Darth Vader just, like, swings (laughs) his, like, thing, like, once or twice. They completely redid that scene in Rogue One. Oh. And it's so fucking bomb! Oh my god, Darth Vader's such a badass! Because he's supposed to be a badass, eh? Yes. And it's just, like, so satisfying. Just watching him fuck up all these dudes. (laughs) And it's like... I could go on and on and on. (laughs) (laughs) I would honestly watch that scene on loop. It's so awesome. Okay, you ready to get into it? Now that we've talked about Disney Plus. <laughs> sponsored by Disney Plus. I, I fucking wish. wish. <laughs> That's what you mean, sponsored by Disney. Oh, there would be lots of rules. No more like, cussing. No more cussing, yeah. <laughs> you cannot talk about sex. <laughs> what are we drinking today, Jess? Um, I believe it's your cream of Earl Grey. Yeah, it's a double cream Earl Grey that I purchased from... A little hole-in-the-wall tea shop in New West. It's great. <laughs> you like it? Some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a whole mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Can you even enjoy it if you just suck it down that much? Well, it's in my mouth for a while. 
I like that nutty aftertaste. Mm. This is good shit. Mm-hmm. I have no chapters this episode. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guess my tea's going cold. <laughs> okay, where do we leave off our characters, Jess? <clears throat> Ew. Um, sorry. Ned sends Sir Boris to deliver the king's justice to Sir Gregor Clegane. After is it Boris? Sir Boris, is it? I thought it was Barrick. Well, I didn't go back and look. I was just like, Boris sounds about right. You pulled the name right. Boris out of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> right out of my butthole. <laughs> Ned sends Sir Barrick to deliver the king's justice to Sir Gregor Clegane after stripping him of his titles and lands. <sighs> Sansa and Arya are being sent back to Winterfell and Sansa says that Joff is nothing like the king giving Ned pause. Ooh. Ned confronts Cersei and advises her to exile with her family to escape the king's wrath. Because we found out because Joffrey, Marcella, the three children and are, are not, not the, the kings. kings. <laughs> <laughs> they are, in fact, Jamie Lannister. <laughs> the product of incest. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Ew, I feel even weird joking about that. <laughs> Alright. Alabama four. music plane. Huh? It's an Alabama music plane. <laughs> Sweet home <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Alright. Chapter 46 is Daenerys. Prepare yourselves for this chapter. Y'all. Y'all. Because my shit list is about to get a little shorter. <laughs> It's a good chapter. Mm-hmm. Danny is standing before the old crones of Veyas Dothrak, eating the heart of a stallion, fresh plucked from its corpse. The taste threatens to gag her, but she makes herself continue chewing and swallowing. The Dothraki believe the heart of the stallion will make her son strong and swift and fearless, but only if the mother can eat the whole thing. If she chokes or wretches, the omens are less favorable, or the child might be stillborn, or come forth weak Deformed or female. Love that female is in the same category as weak and deformed. <laughs> yup. <laughs> for the past two months, Danny has been preparing for this ceremony. She has been eating bowls of half-clotted blood to accustom herself to the taste, and chewing strips of dried horse flesh to prep her jaw for all the chewing. Gross. Gross. Caldrogo stands over Danny as she eats the heart. She looks at him whenever she feels her strength failing, and thinks perhaps she sees a hint of pride in his face. Finally, when she's finished the heart, she proclaims that a prince rides inside her in her best Dothraki, which she has also been practicing. The crones proclaim back to her. Bells ring and a war horn sounds, and the old women start chanting. The eunuchs who serve the crones toss bundles of dried grass into a fire, and then the chanting dies away, and the oldest crone peers into the smoke to see the future. <laughs> to see the future. She says she sees his face and hears the thunder of his hooves. He's as swift as the wind, and the kalasar covers the earth behind him. The prince will be fierce, and his enemies will tremble before him. He shall be the stallion who mounts the world. Then the old crone asks Danny for the prince's name, and she says, Brago. Which to me sounds like Rhaegar and Drogo put together. Hmm. Rhaegar. Yeah. 
So everyone starts chanting the name as Cal Drogo and Danny lead everyone on a procession down the God's Way, the broad grassy road that runs through the heart of Veus Dothrak. We get some fun facts about the Dosh Kaleen here. Each of the crones had been a Khaleesi once. When their husbands died and a new Cal took his place with a new Khaleesi, they are sent here to reign over the vast Dothraki nation. Even the mightiest of Cals bow to the wisdom and authority of the Dosh Kaleen. Still, it gives Danny the shivers to think she may join them one day. As they walk, Caldrogo asks Danny what the meaning behind the name Rago is. Danny tells him her brother Rhaegar was a fierce warrior who died before she was born, that he was the last of the dragons, and Drogo says it's a good name. Aw, that's <laughs> cute. They arrive at the lake the Dothraki call the Womb of the World. Danny strips and cleans herself off in the lake. When she emerges, Caldrogo takes her in front of everyone. <laughs> Just like three pumps and it's done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was horny. <laughs> Apparently watching his wife eat a bloody heart is a big turn on. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, they make their way to Caldrogo's hall, where it's crowded and noisy and there are three huge fire pits. As Danny rides through the arched entry and up the center aisle, the Dothraki scream out comments about her belly and breasts, hailing the life within her and shouting, the stallion that mounts the world! Caldrogo takes his place on the high bench, with other cows seated next to or below him. So I'm trying to understand the hierarchy here. So there are other cows, but is Caldrogo, like, the calliest cow? Or what? <laughs> like, what's the deal here? I honestly don't know. Like, so, maybe he's the highest because they're celebrating... Oh, his, his like, child. Okay, so that's I have why he no would be idea. Put on top. Maybe he is up top. I have no idea. Yeah, because they didn't really explain it. No, it's ma- making it sound like he's the cowliest cow. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really not that sure. Okay, well I'm glad it's not just me then. As Danny's cushions are being arranged, uh, she looks for her brother in the hall, but doesn't see him anywhere. So. I was, like, wondering where she's being placed, because it doesn't say either. Like, is she sitting next to Caldrogo, or is she somewhere else? I think she's not up with Caldrogo, but, like, maybe lower. Okay. With the other Khaleesi's, maybe? Because it mentions that one of the cows, four wives, is below the Blood Riders. Mm -hmm. So maybe she's below the Blood Riders, too? Yeah, see, it doesn't say. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it just says, Blood like, riders, wives, please. This is important information. <laughs> What's going on? I hate to know where she's being placed. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Give me a diagram. Yeah, honestly. It didn't, it also had, like, no description of where she was when she was eating the heart. Mm-hmm. So I just, like, pictured the tent from the show. But again, I was like, if I didn't already have this image, I would be like, where the fuck? Where? are we in space right now Mm -hmm. so interesting to me like the lack of setting description i think what's going on in it was more important to maybe george yeah but setting description you can squeeze into like one sentence true because all i got from that was some fire and grass and smoke yeah there was like a brazier yeah that's it (laughs) that's like all we get (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> that would probably be, like, my biggest complaint about the book so far. <laughs> Not enough setting description. <laughs> anyway, 
So Danny summons Jorah Mormont and asks him if he's seen Viserys. Jorah says he saw him this morning. He was going to the Western Market in search of wine. Danny knows Viserys can't stand the taste of the fermented mare's milk the Dothraki drink. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't either, to be fair. <laughs> and Viserys was often at the bazaars these days, drinking with traders. Jorah also says Viserys has been thinking about recruiting some sellswords for his army. Danny thinks this unwise, since Viserys has no gold to pay them. He could easily be betrayed, as the usurper in King's Landing would pay well for Viserys' head. Danny thinks Jorah should have gone with Viserys to keep him safe. Jorah reminds her that no one can carry a blade, and no blood can be shed in Veas Dothrak. Yet Danny has heard stories about men dying anyway, by strangulation. That way no blood is shed and the gods are not angered. Jorah says they best hope Viserys is wise enough not to seal anything then. He also tells Danny that Viserys had planned to take her dragon's eggs, until Jorah threatened to cut off his hands if he so much as touched them. I notice they actually show this moment in the show rather than having Danny hear about it from Jorah. Mm -hmm. I want to know how Jorah planned to cut off his hands without a knife. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to chew them off. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, though. <laughs> they do have, like, stone. I guess they... Then. Stone knives. But that would still be shedding blood. He would bleed if he cut off his hands. Yeah. Was it just, like, the no steel or no no steel and no bleed? It's no steel can be carried and no blood can be spilt. Ah. Uh, yep, yep. Huh. That's a really good point. What are you going to do? You're going to take him outside of... Going to drag him out of a Stothrak and then chop his hands off? <laughs> Danny is shocked by this news that Viserys wanted to take her eggs. She doesn't understand why he would want them, but Jarrah tells her that they're rare and they're valuable. Like, why wouldn't he? <laughs> Even one stone could buy her brother as many sellswords as he might need, so imagine what he could do with all three. Danny then says that, okay, he should have them. He's her brother and her king. Jorah's like, he's your brother, all right. <laughs> He's so not convinced on the king part. <laughs> no. Danny tells Jorah he doesn't understand. Viserys is all she has, all that she knows. But Sir Jorah says that is no longer the case. She belongs with the Dothraki now. In her womb rides the stallion who mounts the world. Danny confesses that she doesn't even know what this means. So Jorah explains to her that the stallion is the cow of cows. The calliest of all cows, if oh. you will. <laughs> Promised in ancient prophecy. He will unite the Dothraki into a single calisar and ride to the ends of the earth. And hmm. do what at the ends of the earth? <laughs> Just chill. <laughs> Just jump off. Pillage and rape. Pillage and rape. That's fun. <laughs> <sighs> then one of Danny's handmaids appears next to her and points out Viserys, who is stumbling down the length of the hall. Danny can tell right away that he's drunk. And he's wearing a long sword on his belt. <gasps> Viserys! You idiot! <laughs> Feeling dread, Danny sends Jorah to stop him and tell him he can have the dragon's eggs if that's what he wants. In the meantime, Viserys is shouting, asking where his sister is and saying no one eats before the king does. Why wasn't I invited to the feast? <laughs> How dare you eat before the king? Jorah goes to him and whispers to him, but Viserys shouts at him to back off. The cows on the high bench start laughing at him, and Viserys notices. He starts making his way to the high bench 
Did I say benched? You did. <laughs> he starts making his way to the high bench, but Caldrogo tells him his place is with the dimwits in the back corner. The <laughs> <laughs> Dothraki all start laughing at this. Jorah continues to try to get Viserys to leave, but Viserys just shouts and then they grapple until Jorah has to throw Viserys to the floor. Then Viserys draws his sword. Da da da! No steel allowed! Invades Dothrak! How did Viserys even get his sword in here? Right? Like, didn't they take everything at the entrance when they first arrived? I would think so. I don't know why he did. He stuck it up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Viserys shouts at Jorah to keep away from him and swings the blade around. The Dothraki start shrieking curses at him, and Danny is terrified for him. She knows what a drawn sword means here. Viserys then notices Danny and starts stalking towards her. She begs him to put the blade away and, and invites him to sit with her and eat. But Viserys lays the point of his blade at Danny's navel, saying he wants what he came for. He wants the crown he was promised, and if Drogo doesn't give it to him, he will take Danny back, and he will cut out the child and Danny and leave it behind for him. And I think he also pricks Danny's navel as mm -hmm. well, right? Yeah, he so draws a little bit. A little bit of blood. Uh oh, spaghettio. Uh oh. Danny's handmaid sobs that she can't translate what Viserys said for the cow because she fears she will be dragged behind a horse for even translating such vile things. So instead, Danny translates for Caldrogo as best she can, and he seems to understand what Viserys had said. Caldrogo says something in Dothraki, and the whole hall goes dead silent. Viserys asks what he said. Danny has gone cold all over, and she tells him that Drogo says he shall have a splendid golden crown that men shall tremble to behold. Viserys smiles and lowers his sword, saying that was all he wanted, and Danny thinks that's the saddest thing. Drogo's blood riders then seize Viserys, one of them shattering his wrist. Oof. Caldrogo takes his belt made of gold with its massive medallions and drops it into a pot on the fire pit, watching the gold melt. Viserys screams and begs Danny to make them stop. Jorah asks Danny to look away, but she refuses. When the gold is half melted, Drogo takes the pot and roars, Crown! Here! A crown for Cart King! And he upends the pot over the head of the man who had been Danny's brother. Viserys makes a hideous noise, his feet hammering the floor until they slow and stop. Thick globs of molten gold drip off his head, yet no blood is spilled. And Danny thinks, strangely calm, that he was no dragon, for fire cannot kill a dragon. And that's the end of that chapter. A oh, damn. Man, I thought it was, like, so nuts that she loved Viserys so much and was willing to give her eggs to him. And as soon as he threatens her baby, like, she completely changes. Like, after that, she starts referring to him as the man who was once my brother. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Damn. She started to have expectations of him because she's, like, started to learn what, you know, what a decent relationship is mm -hmm. between people who actually care about each other. So then she started to have those expectations of Viserys, and he didn't meet them. He never met them. Mm -mm. And that's when, yeah, he threatens her baby, and she's like, you know what? Nope. We done, bitch. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that Drogo is almost, like, impatient. Like, the gold is only half melted before he takes it off the fire. 
<laughs> and I remember it. that from the show as well. Like, uh-huh. I remember the medallions being only, like, kind of half gooey. Yeah. <laughs> when he, like, just yanks it off and then just, like, Good fucks enough. Viserys up. <laughs> That'll kill a man. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> That'll kill a man. <laughs> nice. I remember the scene when I first saw it, and I was really shocked and horrified. I was like, I was like that's horrible. Yeah. Like, I ho- I didn't like that character at all. Like, I hated him. But Viserys. even then, like, that was, like, a shocking scene. Yeah. It is. Because <laughs> it's, like... That's a horrible death. It's horrifying. You're so right. I'm trying to remember how I felt the first time, and I think I was the same. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I like the description in the book about how he's, like, kicking. Yeah, his feet hammering the floor. Yeah, like, that's, like, I can see that happening. Yeah. Ooh. I like that description, though. It yeah. seems more real in my head. Yeah. Because, like, his arms are being held. Yeah. His head's covered in gold. Molten gold. He's, like, that's on his, his brain knees. brain is cooking. Yeah. So it makes sense. And, yeah, turns out Viserys was not the dragon. Nope. He never was. <laughs> yeah. So Viserys is dead. Holy shit. There we go. That's it. That's He's gone. it. Got his golden crown. After <laughs> all. Yep. One that his enemies shall tremble to behold. Oh, True. no. That men shall tremble to behold. True. Yep. I would. <laughs> we, See that? we did. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. That's a good ass chapter. It was. Another Ned. Chapter 47. <laughs> Eddard. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, Ned. Okay. <sighs> Here we go. <laughs> Ned is dreaming of walking through the crypts beneath Winterfell and coming upon Lyanna's tomb. The statue of her whispers, Promise me, Ned. And then Ned jerks awake. Someone is hammering at his door. Ned answers, and there's Tomard, Fat Tom. Cain and the king's own steward. The steward tells Ned that the king commands his presence at once. So, Robert has finally returned from his hunt. Ned gets dressed and is then escorted to the royal apartments. Three of the king's guard are in the king's holdfast, and that makes Ned think of the three men in white cloaks that he had faced at the tower. Leanna's on his mind a lot, huh? Yeah, especially in this chapter, he keeps... Getting, like, weird flashbacks. Yeah. Things keep reminding him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder why. We don't get into it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Ned sees that Sir Barristan Selmy's face is pale, and he immediately knows something is very wrong. Inside the king's bedchamber, two fires are blazing. Robert is lying in bed. Grand Maester Pycelle hovers nearby. Lord Renly paces before the windows, and Cersei sits on the edge of the bed next to her husband. Ned approaches the king and sees that he's still in his boots. Odd. Then he spots a slashed doublet on the floor, the cloth crusted with blood. The room smells of smoke, blood, and death. Ned looks at Robert and sees how bad it is. He's been wounded! (laughs) (laughs) It's more than a wound from the way it's described. Damn. Renly and the king explain that Robert was skewered by a boar. Robert had too much wine and insisted on taking on the boar himself, And basically, it gutted him. Ned lifts the sheets to look at the wound, and Robert's been ripped open from groin to nipple. Goddamn. Pretty different from the show. It was pretty, like, a little stab wound, I think. Like, a little tear in the show. I don't even remember. I'm gonna look up. 
Because it was a not that graphic. <laughs> Grind and nip, that's a huge tear. Like, your whole abdomen is open. Yeah. Okay, it's like a... It's like a gash. Here it is. Yeah. Okay, so it does look nasty. Yeah. It looks like a nasty gash, but it's not like... It's not... <laughs> it's more to the side and not like up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely not pretty. Mm-mm. Uh, okay. So ripped open from groin to nipple. Robert knows he's done, but says he paid back the boar in kind. They brought back its carcass with them for the feast. Robert then dismisses everyone in the room but Ned. At first, Cersei doesn't want to go. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> she thinks Ned's going to tell Robert everything. But Robert snaps at her and she leaves. When the king and Ned are alone, Robert tells him this was the god's way of punishing him for choosing to kill Daenerys Targaryen. He says his other council members are worthless, and that Ned was the only one with the balls to tell him no. Then he commands Ned to grab paper and ink and write what he says. So Robert tells Ned to write that this is the will and word of Robert of the House Baratheon, that he commands Eddard of the House Stark to serve as Lord Regent and Protector of the Realm upon his death, to rule in his stead until his son Joffrey comes of age. Ned thinks that Joffrey is not Robert's son, <laughs> but he sees the agony in Robert's face and decides he can't hurt him further, so he keeps it to himself. But instead of writing my son Joffrey in the will, he writes my heir. Very clever, Ned. <laughs> Doesn't it make him feel filthy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he feels soiled. That's what it was. <laughs> like, Jesus, Ned. <laughs> Afterwards, Robert signs it and tells Ned to serve the boar at his funeral feast. He even says, promise me, Ned. And Ned thinks of Lyanna saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Again! Another! Robert then tells Ned to let Daenerys live if it isn't too late. They allow everyone else to return to the room. Cersei, however, is gone. And Ned hopes she has finally taken her children and bounced. Grandmaster Pycelle gives Robert the milk of the poppy then, and Robert asks Ned to take care of his children for him. For a moment, Ned can't bring himself to lie. But then he thinks of Robert's bastards. Maya in the veil. Ha! See, I was right. Ah! (laughs) Meah. (laughs) Meah. Gendry as well. Bara from the whorehouse and all the rest. And Ned decides he can protect them, so he tells Robert he will guard his children as if they were his own. Then Robert falls asleep from the milk of the poppy. Grandmaster Pycelle tells Ned he will do all he can, but Robert should be dead already. He's never seen a man cling to life so strongly. Outside, Ned tells Sir Barristan that no one shall disturb the king's rest without Ned's permission. Sir Barristan thinks he's failed his sacred trust but Ned assures him that no one can protect a king from himself. He tells Sir Barristan that the king blames the wine. Varys shows up then, asking Sir Barristan who gave the king all this wine. It turns out that Lancel Lannister, nephew to Lord Tywin and cousin to the queen, had been keeping the king's wineskin full during the whole hunt. Lancel is also the squire Robert had sent chasing after a breastplate stretcher. How very sus, Lancel. Mm Mm-hmm. Ned then tells Varys that the king has decided to let Daenerys live, and that all arrangements to have her killed are to be cancelled. However, it turns out that those birds have already flown, but Varys shall do what he can, and he leaves. Ned is making his way back to his apartments when Renly approaches, wanting to speak to him alone. So Ned sends his men away, and Renly asks if the letter Robert signed was naming Ned as protector. But he doesn't wait for an answer. He tells Ned that within an hour, 
He can have a hundred swords at Ned's disposal. Ned's like, what am I supposed to do with all these swords? And Renly says to get Joffrey away from his mother. The man who holds the king holds the kingdom. He also thinks they should seize Marcella and Tommen while they're at it. Once they have her children, Cersei won't dare oppose them. The council will confirm Ned as Lord Protector and make Joffrey his ward. Ned says Robert isn't dead yet, and he will not dishonor his last hours by shedding blood in his halls and dragging frightened children from their beds. <laughs> You're shaking your head. <laughs> you have a thought, Jessica? Yeah. <laughs> Poor decision, Ned. <laughs> Poor decision. Yep. When your enemy doesn't give a shit and mm-hmm. is already acting. It reminds me of that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean when it's uh, Will versus Jack in Will's little, like... The blacksmith... Blacksmith area? Thing. Shop? Shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Jack ends up cheating and winning because of it. And then Will's all like, you cheated. And Jack's like pirate (laughs) but it reminds me of that like you can't win if you're playing with different rules yeah you know what i mean ned has limited himself with the honor shit yeah because no one else is playing by those rules just him. yeah exactly (sighs) god damn yeah um lord renly thinks that every moment they delay is another moment for cersei to prepare but Ned still won't give in. Back in his chambers, Ned thinks about what Cersei said. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. And he wonders if he did the right thing by refusing Renly's offer. No, Ned! No! no! <laughs> Ned tells one of his people to find Littlefinger for him, then doubles the amount of men who will be escorting his daughters back to Winterfell. He puts Tomard in charge of the escort and tells him he will deliver a letter to Dragonstone for him as well to be put in the hands of none other than Stannis Baratheon. When Tom leaves, Ned sits alone, thinking that men will whisper that he betrayed his king's friendship and disinherited his sons. Ned can only hope the gods will know better, and that Robert will learn the truth in the land beyond the grave. Just fucking tell him, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Ned then writes his letter to Stannis, thinking that his regency will be a short one. The new king will choose his own hand, and Ned will be free to go home to Winterfell, a thought which makes him smile. Then Littlefinger arrives, and he already knows that Ned is protector of the realm now, thanks to Varys and his little birds. Ned says Varys has dark ways and that he doesn't trust him, and Littlefinger seems impressed, almost. He tells Ned that he's learning. Ned then tells Littlefinger the truth. Robert will leave no true-born son behind as Joffrey and Tommen are Jaime Lannister's bastards. Therefore, the throne by rights passes to Lord Stannis. Littlefinger, however, thinks it would be wiser to help Joffrey succeed. He says Stannis is no friend of Ned's. His ascent will mean war. Stannis won't rest until Cersei and her bastards are dead, which means the Lannisters will rise against the crown. Robert was forgiving of those who served the previous king, but Stannis is not like that. He will want to squash everyone who fought with the Targaryens during the Siege of Storm's End and the sack of King's Landing. Joffrey, however, is only twelve. If Ned makes peace with the Lannisters and marries his children to Cersei's, Joffrey will grow to look at Ned as a second father, and four years before Joffrey comes of age is enough time to dispose of Stannis. 
and if Joffrey is any trouble, they can simply reveal his secret and put Lord Renly on the throne instead. <laughs> Hoo boy! <laughs> Ned says that Littlefinger is proposing treason, and that he has forgotten Ned's son was attacked. So Littlefinger asks why Ned asked him there then. It's clearly not for his wisdom. <laughs> Ned tells him he wants the help Littlefinger promised Catelyn. The Queen and the Lannisters have a huge army, but Ned does not. The City Watch, however, is 2,000 strong and is sworn to protect the castle, the city, and the king's peace. So Littlefinger's like, if the queen proclaims one king in the hand another, whose peace do they protect? Why, the man who pays them. Littlefinger mockingly tells Ned that he wears his honor like a suit of armor. He thinks it will keep him safe, but it only weighs Ned down. Littlefinger almost wants to make Ned say exactly what he wants from him, since it's far from honorable, but he just laughs and says he shall buy the loyalty of the City Watch for Ned within the hour. And that's the end of that chapter. Very nice. Very nice. You like my summary? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I like the... I like Littlefinger's logic. Me too. When it comes to, like, this is why Stannis is a no-no, and this is why Joffrey is a yes-yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's true. He does have a point. Oh, Ned. I liked what he said about Ned's honor. Oh, yeah. Being how he stupid as fuck. <laughs> how he wears it like a suit of armor. <laughs> yeah. And it thinks... He thinks it keeps him safe, but it only weighs him down. Yep. So true. But also, like, Ned wouldn't be Ned if he wasn't as honorable as he is. True. Ah, that's why we love him. But at the same time, it's like, fucking hell, Ned. <laughs> you put the honor aside for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Just a minute. <laughs> All right. Chapter 48 is John. You finish your tea? <coughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, gross. <coughs> is that blood? No, it's berries. Oh. <laughs> Didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> You startled, startled me a little bit. <laughs> when I say, is that blood? <laughs> no, and you're like, did you finish your tea? And then I inhaled. <laughs> did you, though? Yeah, I did. You liked it, huh? Yeah, that's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chapter 48 is John. John! John is eating breakfast when Sam plops down next to him and tells him the good news. He is going to pass out of training and be made a brother with the rest of them. So it looks like John's efforts paid off. Mm-hmm. Sam is going to assist Maester Amon with the library and the birds. John says he will do well at that. But he's also humble enough to not take credit for it. Mm -hmm. Of course. <laughs> Just like his fucking daddy. Honorable. <laughs> After breakfast, they head to the Sept, which, reminder, is like their version of a church. Mm -hmm. And all the rest of their peers are shocked to see Sam with John, but none say anything. The high officers and the senior members of each order arrive. Lord Commander Mormont announces that they came to the wall as outlaws, children, alone, rich, poor, with the names of high houses or only bastards' names. But the past is gone, for at the wall they are all one house. That night they will take their vows. Their pasts will be forgiven, they will wash away their former, former, lo former loyalties and begin anew. <laughs> A man of the Night's Watch lives his life for no king or lord, but for the realm. He will take no wife and father no sons. There is no turning back, and the penalty for desertion is death. 
Mormont then asks if any wish to leave their company now, but no one moves. I, I would. I'd be like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> he asks if anyone keeps the old gods, and John steps forward. There is no god's wood for those who keep the old gods at Castle Black, but there is a grove of weirwoods beyond the wall. Sam then asks if he can say his vows at this heart tree as well. Mormont asks if House Tarly keeps the old gods, but Sam says no. But the seven have never answered his prayers, so he hopes perhaps the old gods will. So Mormont grants his permission. Then, Mormont says he has placed them each in an order, and he lists their placements. Halder and Albet will be builders. Ren and Pipar and Mathar and Totter will be rangers. Sam and Darian will be stewards. And John will be a steward. <laughs> John can't believe what he's hearing, and he thinks there must be a mistake. Reminder, he wants to be a ranger, and everyone thought he would make an excellent ranger. And... His uncle's a ranger, and he wants to be a ranger. Yeah. <laughs> then he sees Sir Alistair glaring at him, and knows that he had to have something to do with this. Everyone trails out of the sept after their respective senior order members, leaving only those who will be stewards behind, and John feels he does not belong with this group. Lord Steward Bowen Marsh tells them that Sam will assist Maester Amon in the rookery and library. Chet, the Maester's previous steward, is going to the kennels to help with the hounds, and Sam will have his cell. Darien is being sent to Eastwatch, another castle on the wall, and John will be the Lord Commander's personal steward. He requested John specifically. John is fucking choked. Mm -hmm. He asks sarcastically what his duties will be, serving the commander his meals and fetching water for his bath. The Lord Steward's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and anything else the Lord Commander requires. John asks if he takes him for a servant, and the Lord Steward says no, he took him for a man of the Night's Watch, but perhaps he was wrong in that. <laughs> John, Sam, and Darian leave the Sept, and John is furious. He thinks this is happening because Alistair Thorne wants to shame him. But Sam immediately tells him that he will be with the Lord Commander day and night. Yes, he will pour his wine and change his bed linens, but he will also take his letters, attend him at meetings, squire for him in battle, and so on. He's basically going to be seeing what it's like to be the Lord Commander. Sam would wager that the Lord Commander wants John watching and learning because he wants to groom him for command. John is taken aback. He says he never asked for this, and Sam said none of them did. And then John is suddenly ashamed. He recognizes that Sam, even if he's a coward, had found the courage to accept his fate like a man. So John tells Sam that he's right and will go say his vows with him. Late that afternoon, they head out beyond the wall with Bowen Marsh and a ranger escort and Ghost. They enter the haunted forest. It's nearly nightfall when they finally reach their destination, where nine weirwoods grow in a rough circle. It's supposedly unheard of to find more than two or three of the white trees growing together. Which I don't really know why. Maybe they're just not common? I know they're cut down. Oh, uh, okay. By people, cause, I guess, because that's how the, what do they call it, children of the forest saw the men when they are at war. So they were all cut down in an effort to weaken them. The children of the forest? Yeah. I think it was something like that. Yeah, there's some sort of magic like, mm -hmm. connection with these weirwood trees. And yeah, Sam can't stop staring at these trees either. I guess they would look really strange and freaky to someone who had never seen them before. Yeah, like white... <laughs> 
white bark, red, blood red uh, leaves, and then the sap is also blood red, and then, like, the face is carved in. Yeah, with, like, like the blood red sap leaking from the eyes. Like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> like, that sounds pretty spoopy. Yeah, it sounds like a Halloween decoration. <laughs> in the grove, Sam and John kneel together and say their vows. And I did want to read the vows out loud, straight from the book, because they might come important later. <laughs> okay, here we go. Quote, Hear my words and bear witness to my vow. Night gathers and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall take no wife, hold no lands, father no children. I shall wear no crowns and win no glory. I shall live and die at my post. I am the sword in the darkness. I am the watcher on the walls. I am the fire that burns against the cold, the light that brings the dawn, the horn that wakes the sleepers, the shield that guards the realms of men. I pledge my life and honor to the night's watch for this night and all the nights to come. End quote. That's the vows. Thoughts? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, Bowen Marsh tells them they knelt as boys and can now rise as men's of the... Men's. Men's. <laughs> and can now rise as men of the night's watch. They get up and are congratulated by the others. Then Ghost, who had been off wandering around by himself, enters the grove. John realizes that his white fur and red eyes look a lot like the weirwood trees. Mm-hmm. What could this observation mean? Maybe Ghost is special. It does seem that way. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the silent wolf. Like, everyone remarks that, like, they've the never heard of different. him. Like, he never growls, barks, howls, whimpers, anything. No, he's a quiet, quiet boy. And, yeah, he's like an albino or whatever. Mm-hmm. He is the special one. But makes me wonder if there is actually a connection. Like, we... I don't remember this from the show at all. I don't think... They don't really get into the ghost wolves. stuff a lot. Yeah, they don't really go into the wolves as much in the show. They just really... They're just there. And Ghost does make sounds in the show. Yeah. But what's funny is I read the screenplay for the first episode. And in the screenplay it says that Ghost makes no sounds. But they put sounds in the show. Yeah. I guess they, like, changed their minds afterward, and they're like, you know what? It's weird without the the wolf making sounds. <laughs> yeah. And then they probably had to do a whole, like, reconsider, like, how important is it for him to not make sounds? Because right now it's weird that he's not making sounds. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder what the, where the books are going to take us with the wolves. Yeah. Like, I'm really curious to see what Ghost's thing is, what mm-hmm. his deal is, you know? What's up with Ghost? Yeah. And then they notice that Ghost has something in his jaws. John orders Ghost to bring it to him. And he sees it, and it's a goddamn hand. <laughs> like a black frozen hand. Goddamn hand. It's a goddamn human hand. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Whack. Yeah. Where the hell is that gonna lead? Whose hand is that? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the end of that one. So, John is now a man of the Night's Watch. We've got a little, a little mis- mystery hand. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Could it be Benjamin Stark's hand? Benjamin. <gasps> Benjamin. 
<laughs> Still holding out hope for Benjamin. <laughs> you know John is anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the end of that episode. That's that. Look how far we are in the book right now. We're like we're beyond halfway. We're just a little bit halfway through the book. Just a little beyond halfway. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Wow. We're getting through this book, man. Mm-hmm. Damn. How you feeling so far? It's a good book. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, like, there's not really a dull moment. I mean, Ned's chapters, but <laughs> this still, even mm. though it's, like, mostly politics and talking, it's still, like, there's still stuff happening yeah. every time. There's a lot of stuff happening in his chapters. There's always, like, a lot of progression in every chapter. Except maybe Sansa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, especially in Ned's chapters. That's where all the shit's going down right now. Mm -hmm. Alright, let's see how many more Ned's chapters are. Yep, we're starting with Ned next time. (laughs) Oh, there's going to be an Arya. Arya. And another Sansa. Okay. Arya and Sansa back to back. Then in the episode after that, another John, Bran, a Bran, and another Danny. Danny, exciting. Yeah. All right, man. It's gonna be weird when we finish this book. I'm not gonna know what to do next. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna read next? Holy, we've got to start thinking about that. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start something different? add more spice maybe well we'll start thinking about it um and then if you lovely listeners have any thoughts about the book you want us to read when we're done this one do you want us to move on to the second one or the other what is the second one called uh clash of kings yeah should we move on to clash of kings or should we read something else and come back to A Song of Ice and Fire later on? Give us your thoughts. Hit us up on the Instagram or the Facebook of which I will plug right here. (laughs) If you want more of the podcast, please follow us on Instagram. The podcast is Podcast. T-I-G-B-A-B You can also follow us individually. Mine is Crimby and Jess's is Jess.Egan24. You can also find us on Facebook. If you search Tigbab Podcasts again, or just search Tea is Good, Books Are Better, you can find the page there. Please also check out our friend Baram Barami on YouTube. He made our jingle that you heard at the beginning of this episode, and he's super dope and deserves all the love in the world. So let's give him (laughs) some. We also have a Patreon, so if you want to give us some extra support, you can check us out on there, patreon.com slash Tea is Good, Books Are Better. We do have some cool tiers with different rewards, so you will get something in return for your contribution, but we do just appreciate you listening as well. And please don't forget to share the podcast with your friends, because word of mouth is the best way for us to grow, and we really need your help (laughs) to keep growing. (laughs) Please and thank you. And five-star reviews only. (laughs) Okay, that's it. Any final words, Jessica? Ew. Nope. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll see you in the next one, folks. 
Ta-ta. Say bye, Jess. Toodles. <laughs>